You're listening to Richard Ellis Talks with Richard Ellis. Richard's style is very unique, where he shares the message of the gospel unlike anyone else. It's real, refreshing, focused, and fun. Whether you find yourself in a good place, maybe in a difficult place, or possibly even in a very lonely place, let me encourage you that you've come to the right place. Now, if you're not able to stick around with us for all of today's talk, you can always listen to, download, and even share this entire message with a friend right from our website, richardellistalks.com. So, with today's talk, here's Richard Ellis. The title of today's message is Feardom. I've probably had this one brewing for a few decades. And as it turns out, it's very personal. Because I don't spend a lot of time way back, but I actually remember a point in my life where it began to make sense. The old man that helped me, Claude, he said this to me one day. He said it was kind of like prison ministry, spending time with me. Because though I was free physically, spiritually, I was in prison. And he would sit down with me, and he would explain things to me that sounded really great. They just couldn't be true. They just couldn't be true for me. And he would hold up pieces of paper kind of and say, you know, if I came and I said I have a document signed by the governor. I have a document signed by the President of the United States, and you have a complete and full pardon. You are free to go. Would you get up and walk out with me? And I realize now what I have was something I'm going to call feardom. I had fear of being free. It is possible to get so familiar with what you're used to, that you become, you kind of develop a fear of the uncertain. Because if you've been doing the same thing your whole life, and you know what comes from what you've been doing, even if it's painful, there's a certain amount of comfort, and at least I know if I do this, it will result in that, and I know what that is. But if you just tell me I'm free, and that's it, I don't know what that is. I spent a couple of days in prison, not what you're thinking, with prison ministry and talked to some young men. And one of the guys that I talked to, 33 years old, we sat in the pod. And if you've never been inside a prison, I don't want a show of hands because we've got too many in here that know what I'm talking about. You know, you walk in and it's wide open. The toilets are right there. The showers are there. There is zero privacy. And I sat and talked to this guy. It turns out he was in there for meth. And I asked him this question. The name of his son, his eight-year-old son, was tattooed across his chest. And this was a white kid from Richardson, Texas. I mean, you think, oh, it's just a bunch of whatever. Whatever you think's in prison, everything's in prison. And I said to him, when do you get out? And he said, in two weeks. And I had the strangest unease come over me. And I looked at him and I said, I'm not sure how to tell you this. I said, I'm a little bit excited for you but I'm also a little bit concerned because that has to be terrifying for you. And he said, yes. You say, but he's in prison. How could getting out be terrifying? Because if you don't know how to be free, freedom is terrifying. What are you going to just, just cut me loose? Because the life that I lived and the life that maybe you live, somebody runs your life. It's not you. You think it's you, but it's not you. It's the prison, it's the warden, it's the guards. And in this case, if you're in prison in a spiritual sense, these are not good people. 
This is hell itself running your life. And you say, yeah, but I get to do what I want to do. Think about what it is that you're getting to do that you want to do and how that's ending up for you. All that freedom you think you have and the consequence it results in. Talked to another young man. And I asked him when he was going to get out. He said in a few months. And I said, where are you going to go? What are you going to do? He was a little concerned too because his mom was in prison. His dad was in prison. He said, my dad used to beat me with extension cords and metal hangers. And he said, well, who does that to a kid? That's all this kid knew. You might be a little angry too. You might do something stupid too. His family cooks meth, uses meth. He said, well, why would anybody do that? The same reason you're doing what you're doing. He said, well, I'm not a meth addict. Well, what kind of addict are you? Well, nothing illegal like that. Well, we've just identified you're a pride addict because <laughs> you're better than somebody else. When you go into prison, you know, you, I, at least what I say to him is, they look, some of the difference between you and me is I didn't get caught. So in this room and beyond are prisoners. And part of your fear is you hear someone comes to you and you see their life and you go, wow, that person's free. That person's on the outside. That person gets it. There's joy. There's peace. There's all the stuff I've been looking for my whole life. And they speak to me as though I could have what they have. And it could be real for me. And so some hope boils up inside of you. But then fear of freedom kicks in. And you don't know how you're going to live that way. You don't know how you're going to make it. Because when you get to Jesus, Jesus gets to you. And we'll read here in a minute. He sets you free. He sets you free. And you get so free, you can do whatever you want to do. And the scripture says, shall we sin the more that grace may abound? And it says, God forbid. But the reality is you can sin the more. And part of my freedom when I got out, I was like, wow, this is great. I can do whatever I want to do because I realize now God's got to love me. He does love me and he's got to forgive me no matter what. So then you start abusing that amazing grace as though it's just now I can live like hell and there's nothing God can do about it. And you start abusing grace. And then in a little while into that, you go, wait a minute, this is very expensive, amazing grace. And is this really what it's about? And is this really how I want to live? And the consequences still stick even though you're free. There are still consequences. All right, let's read some scripture. Let's start in Psalm 119, and we'll go from left to right. Psalm 119, let's jump down to verse 41. Everybody got it? Let your mercies come also to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your word. So shall I have an answer for him who reproaches me, for I trust in your word. And take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for I have hoped in your ordinances. So shall I keep your law continually forever and ever. So what is this talking about? This guy, his salvation and the word of God, whatever God has to say. And I will walk at liberty. And this word liberty means roomy, any or every direction, literally or figuratively. Now think about that. That means there's space. I am not confined. I am not stuck. There's room to go. Anywhere I look, I can move. I'm not told I have to stay here. And I will walk at liberty, for I seek your precepts. When you know the word of God, the word of God makes room for you, literally. There is freedom. You are not stuck. You don't have to be in the same place your whole life. And looking at some of these guys in prison when I was in there those two days, 
You could just see it all over them. They had no option. They literally thought, the only thing I can do is get back out of prison if I ever get out, go back where I came from, do what I did, and get sent right back in here. That's all I got. There is no room for me to do anything else. There are no options. And the devil tells you, you've done this, you are this, you can never recover. You are just the sum total of what you did. Now the Bible does call it this, yes, you are a sinner. So you've got to at some point admit, yes, I am a sinner, but that's not where the Bible leaves it. And some people just finally go, well, I'm a sinner. And they identify that by whatever they do. They may not call it sin, Well, I'm just this, whatever this is. The Bible has a remedy for sin. And that's where Jesus comes in, dying on a cross, being buried, raised from the dead. And some of these guys have never heard this. They don't know that there is room for anything else but their sin. And yet when you get in the word of God and see what he has to say about us, you realize, oh my gosh, there's so much more. Go to Isaiah 61. And this passage is quoted, and we'll see it in a minute in the New Testament, but Isaiah 61 and it's one thing to read it in Isaiah. It's another thing to then see who quotes it later and brings it to life. Look at verse 1. The Spirit, <laughs> the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me <laughs> because he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Very simple. I understand even more now what Claude was trying to help me with. And I describe it this way, that he would come visit me and I'd start believing what he said. And I'd get up with him and kind of get out of my cell and look down the hall, and there were the demons, you know, boom, get back in your cell. And I'd believe that more than what he told me, and I'd go back in my cell. And eventually got me down that cell to the first gate. The gate opened, boom, it opened. There's nothing that couldn't stop us. I'd get a little farther, and a bigger guard would scare me back to my cell, and I'd go back, and okay, that's where I'm safe. This is all I got. One day, he got me to the gates. He got me all the way to the front gates. And I got through the front gates, and I was free. <laughs> I'd never been out there. Never been out there. But I realized that I was terrified because I'd lived so long incarcerated in my little cell, in my own little world, where the enemy told me, here's what you do when you do it, and controlled everything. And there was some safety in that, but yet I wasn't free. So I got out there and I was free. And then something would go wrong and I'd go hauling back to my cell as fast as I could because I didn't know how to live free. You have to be patient with people. They're not going to get it all in a second. And they go back and they'll come back out. Now, every once in a while, I start easing back into that cell. And I know people don't like it when I say things like this. But in a moment, I say, hell no, I'm not going back in there. You say, well, that's just an expression. No, I'm saying literally to hell, hell no. That is not where, I may be where I was, but that's not where I belong, and that's not where I'm living, and that's not where I'm dying. That's not my house anymore. Amen. 
Now, there may be people listening say, well, I don't know what you're talking about because I've never done anything. I'm a good person. You may be a prisoner of your own righteousness, your own righteousness. You just think you're free. Let me tell you a way you know whether you're free or not. Eventually, if you're really free, you're part of setting other people free. If you're not helping anybody else get free, you're probably not very free yet. Go to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. This now is Jesus speaking, okay? So you know we read it in Isaiah 61. Now look at Jesus. He says what? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he is the one that Isaiah was talking about. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. And the word oppressed here is crushed, bruised. You know anybody that's been crushed or bruised? I sat with a bunch of them in prison in the last two days. Crushed. So what are we proclaiming to them? Liberty. Recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed or crushed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, I don't say stuff like this to make you feel bad. You're somewhere in the process. You're either not a Christian at all yet, and so you're searching, you're listening. And when someone speaks of Jesus and he died on the cross, buried, raised from the dead, something wells up inside you. You need to respond to that. It's the Holy Spirit of God calling you to himself. Say yes. Say yes. Go to John chapter 8. Now, some of you have maybe read some of these verses. Some of you may even know them by heart, okay? And I've said this recently. I don't think it's a bad thing to know Scripture, but there's a difference in knowing Scripture just in your head or really knowing it by your heart. If you know something, you know it personally. And so if you memorized it, that's great, but I'm trying to help us let this stuff sink from our heads to our hearts where it becomes a part of the fiber of your life. Look at here in John chapter 8, verse 31. Go down there. It's a great chapter. I don't have time to read this whole thing. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him. Okay, so these are the Jews who go, wow, he's Messiah. We get it. He's it. This is it. This is what we've waited for, not only our whole lives, but for generations. We've waited for this Messiah, the guy that was supposed to say this in Isaiah 61, all this. This is him. So he says to those Jews who believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. So you stick with what he says. You abide, you live in that. I told one of these guys in prison, I said, you know, you're trying to get off drugs. You're trying to get out of here. You're afraid of getting out because you know that thing that your heart starts beating. You know where to go get, and this guy's deal was heroin. I said, you already know where you can get the heroin that's going to put you back in here. I said, you can't be casual. You can't get out of here and go, well, I'm going to work on it. I said, when an astronaut goes out into space, he gets out of the capsule. When he steps out of the capsule, he has to be sure that he is in a suit that has oxygen in it. Or if he steps out there and he has no oxygen, he'll be dead in seconds. So you have to abide. You have to stay in the scriptures. You have to make sure that you don't go out without him. You say, well, I'm a Christian. I can't go out without him. But you've got to stay in, abide in his word. The world is full of words. And if you don't pick his word, you will pick their word. They have words for us. They call us things. They call us two things. And if you don't have an offset with his word, you will get sucked into their word. 
I can call out words and trigger stuff in this room. I did a second ago. I said heroin, and for some people, that is a nightmare word because they will go after that more than life and breath itself. You'll abandon a child, a wife, risk your own life to get something like that. And that's a problem. That's not freedom. So these people believed, and he says to them, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And if you do that, you shall know what? The truth. And what will the truth do? The truth will make you free. If you are experiencing any kind of godly freedom, it is because of the truth. And the only way to know the truth is to abide in his word because that's where the truth is. You say, well, I don't have time to read my Bible. You don't have time to be free then. And then you wonder why you're in the same little hamster wheel your whole life. This guy that was struggling with heroin. There's a sequence. Get out there, get feeling bad, anxious. What would he do? He'd go drinking first. And the drinking turned into this, turned into this, turned into that. He said the last time when he got locked up, why he was there, he said, I don't even remember what I did or what happened to me. I woke up in jail. Oh, that sounds like real freedom, fun. That's it. That's the plan, right? Don't even know what you did. Don't even know what happened to you. But I'm having fun because the world says this is what works. Let me tell you something. I'm tired of hearing about your fun. Your fun sucks. And it's sucking the life right out of you. And the enemy's plan is to take the only life you've got in the first place. And they call to you. They literally call to you. Come over here. Let's go do this. That'll be fun. And I'm not arguing with you. It's all fun. Getting high is an amazing thing until you get low. And then it's not so much anymore. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. Now, Let's go back to where we started. You say, okay, let's say all that's true. Dude, I know nothing about that life. The life maybe you know is I go to work, I come home, I drink, I fall asleep. I wake up hungover, I drink a little something else. I go to work, I fall asleep, wait till Friday. Friday comes, I drink some more, fall asleep, wake up, watch some ball games, drink some more. I got my life figured out, dude. Don't be jacking with my life. I got enough jack in my life. That was for you, Terrence. Thank you. That was, that was Terrence's life. That's not Terrence's life anymore. You know why? You say, well, but that means he's got everything figured out. No, but I can tell you what, he's not back in his cell like he used to be. He might be out by the front gate now, but he's moving on because he's discovered there's some freedom, real freedom. Keep reading. They answered him. We are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? We're not in bondage to anybody. And these guys are the ones that believed. Jesus answered them, most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. Now why would he bring that up? Because they were sinners and they were slaves of their sin. They were self-righteous slaves of their sin, but they were slaves. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you're going to be free indeed, like really free. Not just in word, but really free. I got too many verses in too few minutes, so hold on a second. All right, Romans 6. I'll read fast. Romans chapter 6. 
Verse 1, therefore do not let sin reign or control or rule in your mortal body that you should obey it in its lust. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. You say, well, I'm not presenting. Yeah, you do. You can basically say to the devil, okay, here's my body. What do we want to do with it today? You say, well, that's crazy. I'm not doing that. If you're not saying, God, here is my body, a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to you, then by default, you're turning it over to somebody else. If God doesn't have it, you've made it available somewhere else. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law but under grace? Certainly not. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you're that one slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness? But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. So how do you know if you've been set free from sin? You are a slave to righteousness now, not to sin. So in the same way you couldn't help but do the wrong thing, you can't help but do the right thing now. You say, well, that doesn't sound like me. Let's move that direction then. Present your body to someone else. Give your life to someone else. Be a slave to him, not to sin. One ends up in death, one ends up in righteousness. You're choosing death if you're not choosing him. Just a little bit more here. 19, I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. What fruit did you have then in the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now having been set free from sin... And having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Pick life. Before Richard comes back to wrap things up for us today, I'd like to share a couple important things with you. Let me encourage you to take a minute and check out our website, richardellistalks.com. You'll find today's talk right there in the talks page along with all of Richard's messages. You can even forward them to a friend so they can hear them too. You'll also find the prayer wall to add your prayer requests, a link to connect with us, the contribute page for you to be able to give to this ministry, a radio station finder, all our social media links, and much more. So check it out, richardellistalks.com. And Richard's back now to wrap up today's talk. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. Now the Lord is the Spirit, capital S Spirit. Now look at this. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's what? There's liberty. Now let me tell you something about being a Christian. That's where the Spirit of the Lord is. So how is it possible for me to have the Spirit of the Lord here, in here, and there not be liberty? I must not understand something. So you say, well, I hear what you're saying. I don't get it. What's missing? Study. Get in his word. Find someone. Find someone who is free and say, can you help me get out of here? Not get him out of here, but help get me out of here so it's only him left in here living. One of these guys, again, back to the prison thing, I said, dude, when you get out of here, you have to find people who are going the direction you claim to want to be going or you're going to end up where you came from. 
You can't run with the same crowd in the King James think the word is the same dissipation. You cannot go with the same people and expect a different result. They're going to pull you back. Get new friends. Find people who are chasing God and go with them. Chase with them. Find people who have been prisoners before and escaped, gotten out, and follow them and ask them, how do you do this? There's nothing like being free, especially when you've overcome your fear of freedom and you get your legs up under you and you start going, wow, I don't have freedom anymore. I have freedom now. This is a great thing. And then you start living free. You start looking free. And that is very appealing to other people who know you. Because if they've seen you previously, then they see you free, not locked up, but free. Now they go, I want some of that. So for some of you, we've had a gathering and we've gotten all the inmates, all the offenders out in the yard. And I've told you that we're about to take a batch out the front gate and you can walk out with me free if you'd have an interest in that. Now you think, well, why wouldn't everybody walk out? Because some people love their sin. They love being a slave to sin. They love their little cell. They love the certainty of their uncertainty. But I'm gonna challenge you to make a run at it. And even if you're scared of being free, make a run at it. Thanks for listening today to Richard Ellis Talks. We're confident that the program blessed you and we wanna hear about it. One way is to give us a call and let us know. The number is 855-6-RICHARD. Another way is to drop us an email. Jump on over to our website, richardellistalks.com, and click on the Connect tab at the top. We'd love to hear from you. And while you're there at the website, there's a ton of great stuff there just for you. Things like all of the talks from Richard, a prayer wall where you can leave your prayer request, and a whole lot more. Check it out, richardellistalks.com. Finally, we love doing this program for you, but we're so grateful when you hop on board to help us with the cost. Call us at 855-6-RICHARD, or you can contribute through the website. It's easy and much appreciated. 855-6-RICHARD or richardellistalks.com. Until next time, God bless you, and thanks for listening to Richard Ellis Talks. Richard Ellis Talks.